Welcome to the Haunted Haulers Podcast, a place where your hosts, Wendy and April, discuss the creepy things that lurk in the misty shadows of the Appalachian Hills. I am, as always, the mysterious voice in the walls. Hey everybody, I'm Wendy. And I'm April. Our next tale comes from Bowling Green, Kentucky, at a popular destination called Mammoth Caves. It is a well-known place for families to visit and engage in hiking, canoeing, and exploring the caves. A little less than 200 years ago, however, the scenery and the purpose of the caves were quite a bit different. In 1839, Dr. John Krogan of Louisville purchased the property for $10,000. This property contained the longest known cave system in the world. Krogan purchased the property to conduct an experiment for patients who were suffering from tuberculosis. There was not a lot known medically about the disease at this time, and Krogan had a personal investment because he himself was suffering from the illness. He came up with the idea to use the caves after hearing that visitors, as well as miners, proclaimed to feel better after spending time in the caves. It was also noted that logs and animals did not decay in the cave. This gave the doctor hope that spending time underground in the consistent temperature and humidity might be therapeutic for those patients who were suffering. During the winter of 1842, he invited 16 individuals to live under his care in the cave, where they stayed in a group of buildings that were built by enslaved people. While in the cave, the patient's health seemed to get better, which led to the doctor drafting plans for a hotel in the cave for all of the people he predicted would come there for healing. As the winter went on, however, it became clear that the wet, dark conditions of the cave were actually making the patient's conditions worse. Tours of the cave system had already begun in 1816, and while this experiment was taking place, it was not unusual for visitors to see patients in hospital gowns or hear coughing. As the weeks moved forward, five patients died in the cave, and their bodies were placed on what is now known as Corpse Rock. Dr. Krogan returned to the top with the surviving patients, and the dwellings were torn down. The doctor succumbed to the disease in 1849. There have been many paranormal tales circulating about the caves over the last couple of centuries. One of the first was in the late 1800s when newspapers reported about a former slave named Old Lewis seen around the caves. After Lewis died, he was buried in the cemetery at a local church. However, the local hotel owner thought it would be a good idea to dig up his remains and bury him at the cave entrance as sort of a tourist attraction. Visitors began making frequent reports of a ghost around the cave, and one man even emptied his revolver into him with no results. Old Lewis's body was moved back to the church cemetery, and the ghost reports quickly ceased. Floyd Collins is another famous ghost visitor often reports seeing. Collins was one of the most well-known modern explorers of the cave system. While he was moving through a narrow opening in Sand Cave, a large rock fell on his leg, pinning him in the tunnel. There were attempts made to free him, which were picked up by national headlines, but they were unsuccessful. He was found dead after being in the tunnel for two weeks. His body was displayed in different locations, kind of like a macabre tourist attraction, until finally being placed in the Mammoth Cave Baptist Church Cemetery. Collins' ghost has been spotted at both the caves and the cemetery. The church also sometimes has unexplained lights appearing in the windows. Charles Hanyon, a longtime park ranger at the caves, has had several strange accounts with the ghost of Collins, and even co-authored a book called Scary Stories of Mammoth Caves. Visitors have shown him pictures taken from cell phones that show what appears to be an apparition in the background. Another well-known ghost that is believed to hang around the caves is known as Melissa. Melissa's story took place in the 19th century when she fell in love with her tutor, who did not return her love and favored another. Overcome with jealousy, she led the tutor deep into the cave and left him there to die. 
Now Melissa's spirit roams the caves looking for her lost love. Although Melissa is believed to be a spirit in the cave, this story was discovered as a work of fiction in a New York newspaper in 1858. People have also reported seeing a monster that lives in the Green River that measures around 300 pounds and 12 feet in length. In addition, multiple Bigfoot sightings have also been reported in the areas around the caves. And now it's time for the breakdown. And oh my, is there a lot to break down? There's a lot going on at Mammoth Cave. There, there is indeed. So let me start by saying that first of all, I was invited to go to Mammoth Caves for a weekend with my family, my uh, mom and dad and brother and sister-in-law. I ended up not going. I had something else to do that weekend, and I'm very disappointed now. Well, yeah. Uh, because first of all, I didn't realize all this was going on. Mm-hmm. So had I known that, I would have canceled whatever I was doing, and I would have went to the caves. So let's start with what I consider the meat of the story. Okay. And that is Dr. Krogan. Mm-hmm. I had no idea. Had you ever heard this story? I had not. I had no idea. So correct me if I'm wrong, anyone out there, any listeners, from what I've read and my, my research, from what I understand, this is one of the first tuberculosis treatment um, experiments in the country, from what I understand, um, was him going into these caves and taking the patients in. To try to treat them. Yeah. Well, I thought that was interesting. And, you know, it, it reminded me of our talk about Waverly Hills. Yes. So I went back and double-checked on that. You know, this happened in the 1840s, mm-hmm. 1842. Um, and so the, you know, Waverly Hills was doing treatment for tuberculosis in the 1920s. Yeah. So it was a huge time gap there. Um, and I thought that was really interesting. And I did the same. Other hospitals I was looking up. They're all later than what this experiment was. Mm-hmm. What I also found interesting was he had tuberculosis himself. Yes. So he was he had an investment. Yeah, he was super invested. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure as he was underground there with those patients and as they started to die off, that had to be a really like, oh, you know, I thought I had something here. Right. <clears throat> and so basically what all this came from was he had read or heard of accounts from miners or visitors to the caves, because apparently this cave system, I think it was, um, was it 1816? I don't know. This cave, people have been visiting this cave for a while. Yes. And um, he heard accounts of people being in the caves. Now, mind you, these were just short visits. This wasn't mm-hmm. a long-term thing. But he had heard testimonies that they were clearing up with breathing-wise and, you know, that they felt lighter and the air was better. And so he thought maybe this was something for them. Mm-hmm. It might help with their breathing. Um, obviously, it didn't. Right. Um, it seemed to help at first. And so what they did is they went down and had huts built. Mm-hmm. Okay. So there is a history with the cave. Um, apparently, with the caves, it, they were first used to mine saltpeter. Mm-hmm. Um, very important um element and i believe the voice in the wall was telling us something gunpowder yes and so that was very valuable and they used slaves Mm -hmm. to mine that which in this story um it said they used slaves to build the huts Mm -hmm. for the patients okay something interesting is when visitors would come to the cave because people were still touring the cave yeah even when the doctor owned it um he paid ten thousand dollars for this this whole cave system, which is mind-blowing. <laughs> which I don't know what $10,000 was <clears throat> in this time period compared right. to today. It's probably a lot. Yeah, probably a lot of money. But 
So visitors would still be coming into the head. Could you imagine rounding a corner and seeing this skeletal-like person in their hospital gown, you know, hacking up a lung? Yeah. I would just be like, sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm going to turn around now. <laughs> I don't know if I want to deal with that or not. You just And wasn't, tubercul wasn't tuberculosis highly contagious? Am I wrong? I, yeah, I believe, believe so. so. Yes. Yeah. So why would you want to <clears throat> mingle cave visitors? Well, and maybe they didn't realize that at the time. Because you remember when we talked about Waverly Hills, we talked about how even the staff, once they were there, they, they were quarantined That's there. True. So maybe this was prior to them knowing how it, it was spread or, you know. If they thought going into a cave was good for tuberculosis, they probably weren't aware. <laughs> <laughs> that it spread like you you it, do raise a good point <laughs> that that fair enough you do raise a they good they probably point. hadn't got to that part yet so how many innocent k visitors got infected from this experiment that's a very good point okay so something else that's interesting to me um is oh okay he noticed that like logs timber as they were down in this cave animals that were in this cave like dead animals they didn't decay mm -hmm. and so he thought that would play a role in healing and making everyone better but obviously like i said uh several weeks went on and people started getting worse mm -hmm. and as a matter of fact five people um died in the experiment so my question though is this okay so we, we i you know we live near car caves mm -hmm. i've been in caves before caves are cold they're cold they're cold so you know i'm imagining if this is the largest cave system in the world and it's probably fairly deep underground it's probably cold down there. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's why the animals in the trees are not decomposing because it's like almost refrigerated. Science. That's very possible, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that was my thought. And, you know, me as a parent, I feel like if, if my child was sick and he was going, let's say he was going on a field trip to the caves. Right. I might want to keep him home because, you know, the caves are wet. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's not good for you to be breathing in that cold, mm -hmm. damp air. Right. If you're already sick. But they saw this as a treatment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Just to uh, me. They hadn't heard the Traveling Woolberry song, Cool, Dry Place. They, <laughs> they didn't realize that it's supposed to be a cool, dry place. <laughs> so to me, I would just, I would like to travel back in time and just stay for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. I don't want to stay. I don't want to stay a long time. I just want to stay for a couple hours just to see what people were thinking medically scientifically i just want to just some good old-fashioned <laughs> entertainment just to see what people were thinking at the time and it's like today when people say you're going to catch your death without your shoes on you know my mom always said if i went outside with wet hair i was going to catch pneumonia my right. mom science doesn't work that way yeah but still to this day i'm 43 years old and she tells me i'm going to catch uh, pneumonia. My, my mother is the <laughs> same way and i'm like that's not science <laughs> but i feel like this that, that times a thousand was what they oh were. yeah the medical advice because it just period. the knowledge wasn't there right. yet. I mean, that's you know, it's kind of a new new frontier with the science, which is why I think that nearly a hundred years later we were still dealing with tuberculosis exactly. in Kentucky. Exactly. So we so know the, that. The other interesting <clears throat> thing is when the five died, they laid them out on this slab of yeah. Like why? Why did they just? I'm not sure. Like, I mean, I had an experiment. I, 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 don't, I, don't I, know. I, I genuinely cannot think other than just to like see what happens. Like I don't I, know. Uh, I mean, is this like a warning to the rest? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, yeah, that 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 part threw me. So they lay them out on the and now to this day, this slab of rock is known as Corpse Rock. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I feel like you can still see Corpse Rock when you go into this cave system. I don't know how easily accessible it is. Right. But I feel like you can still see it. Okay, so you have corpse rock. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know. This is all just crazy to me. So, yeah. Um, so, he decides. Well, at first, he's like, this is working. This is working. I'm going to build a hotel under here. Yeah. Forget the hut. Wow. So many people are going to come and seek this treatment that we need a hotel mm -hmm. under here. But then, like I said, it stopped working. And he's like, okay, let's all go to the top. Yeah, and then this is tear everything down. Yeah, and tear everything down. But it wasn't much after that that he passed away yeah. himself, which is sad. <clears throat> yeah. Um, I And I know, when you have a disease like this, uh, something that, you know, is terminal, you do. You have all the hope in the world, and mm -hmm. you would try anything. Right. And you will do anything. I, like, if I had something terminal, I'm going to go sit in a cave if I think yeah. it's going to help hey, me. Hey, whatever, whatever <laughs> you got to do to, you know. I understand it. I get it. Yeah. I get it. So, uh, anything else we need to see, say about Dr. Krogan, you think? Uh, no, I think you touched on all the points that I would have <laughs> touched on. Um, it was just a very strange thought process for how that was supposed to work. So, we can kind of see with that history why we think there, why people think there may be hauntings and apparitions. Well, yeah. Because there is death associated right. with the area. Right. Okay. So, now let's go on to something else okay let's talk about let's go ahead and talk about old lewis that story i know like okay poor lewis uh, has spent his life as an enslaved person which is bad that is that is the most horrible thing ever yeah the worst so, life you could have so now we're just gonna like desecrate his body and dig it up and move it as a tourist attraction okay so lewis is buried hmm. in a cemetery a church cemetery as he should be lewis has lived a life as a slave which we wouldn't wish that on anybody um, Lewis is finally at peace. He's at rest. He's in a church cemetery. Hotel owner, local hotel owner. And how does he get the authority to be like, hey, I'm just going to dig this exactly. guy up. Exactly. going to dig this guy up and move him to the cave. Exactly. Local hotel owner says, hey, guys, I have an idea. Let's dig up old Lewis and put him at the mouth of the cave uh, under this monument so that people can just uh, see him as a tourist attraction. Ugh. Okay. And he does. He has his body dug up. Puts him at the mouth of the cave. I don't know why anybody thinks that's a good idea. If yeah. I'm sitting there... Th okay, I'm probably not allowed to say anything because I'm a woman. <laughs> but if I was a man, I would be like, I don't think that's a good idea. I think we should... Hard explore. pass. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we don't disturb the resting place of a human Let's being. Let's explore and other yeah. ideas. Let's explore other things. Maybe we say he's there and he's not. You know, let's just pretend we did it. Exactly. How about, how about just a statue, a plaque? There we go. Mm -hmm. There we Something go. And, like and, that. Well, and here's my thing. Why was old Lewis associated with the cave? Had he worked in the cave? Had he been well, forced to work in the cave? As Why we was said, um, slaves were used to mine the saltpeter, and they built those huts. So maybe he was one who was working in the caves. I don't know this for sure, but uh -huh. that's just me using my inferencing skills. Hmm. Maybe he was one, a big part of the caves that way. Is, is my thought process. Yeah. But anyway, um, once he was moved to the entrance of the cave, people started saying that they saw his apparition. Right. Or they saw his ghost. One guy even claimed to empty a revolver. Yeah, he was going to shoot him. Yeah, I'm going to shoot him. Okay. First of all, let's just be thankful no one was killed in this yeah. process. <laughs> okay. Just don't start shooting random things. Let's not do that. Um, so, yeah, and obviously there was no effect when he did that. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, people started saying they saw him in random places in the cave. Well, what did they do? They dug his body up, put it back where it was in the cemetery. As it should have been as left it to begin been with. Left to begin with. And then the reports ended. Yeah. They said they didn't see him anymore. Right. 
So maybe he, he's at rest now or at peace. At and, peace. And doesn't feel the need to go haunting. Okay, so how do I feel about this? Well, you know me. I'm the naysayer. I'm the, the doubter. Uh, but I do feel like you could get a ghost story from that. You could get a, maybe people were upset that they desecrated the body. I mean, I don't think there's another word for it. Right. You don't bother <clears throat> someone when they're at rest. Right. Um, and I'd say people were upset about that, so maybe they started some ghost stories. Mm-hmm. And, and that's possible. And if you think about, like, what can we learn from this? Uh, maybe you don't disturb graves because that's a, we've talked about this before. You don't disturb graves of people because that is a respect thing. You don't mess around with and, that. And quite frankly, it's one thing if they're going to move the body to like his hometown or something like that to maybe a church cemetery he attended. Right. But like, there's no reason. Yes. I, it's flimsy at best. Right. Exactly. But. When we think about the way that people at the time regarded the dead, as we learned in our story about Mr. Collins, there was not a whole lot of respect to be had there. Okay, let's get to Mr. Collins. (sighs) So apparently Mr. Collins was an explorer. Right. He was like a well-known explorer, loved to explore the caves. He was a Uh, caver. Yeah, that's just what he did. Spelunking, I believe, is the proper term. Oh, there you go. Okay. Hashtag cave life. Well, everyone knew who he was, loved to explore. What he was exploring one day, I believe it was Sand Cave. Yes. And he got he was shimmying down a little narrow um tunnel. Uh-huh. Got a, a rock fell down onto his legs and he got stuck. And it made national headlines them trying to get him out. Mm-hmm. They they weren't able to do it. As a matter of fact, they didn't get to him, didn't get him out until 2 weeks later. And by that time he had passed. Right. Okay. So, you know, people are heartbroken, you know, this well-known guy. What did they decide to do with Let's him? Let's just take his body and show it around and let everybody see what happens when you get stuck in it. There you go. So what do they do with this explorer? They put him on display. They put him on display for people to come and see. And that's so... Just... I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that is bizarre. Like, Why? That is... Yeah. Okay, now I understand this is a time when we had wakes, where you sit up with the body and, you yeah, know... Yeah, but... This is different. This is like a, this is almost like a traveling circus show to me. Well, and you know, you would think two weeks decomposition, but also we know that the cave a lot of times. That is true. So that the, maybe he looked as you know as much as he did the first day went in there, but still, I imagine once being removed from that environment, things would speed I up would rather think they quickly. Would speed up, yeah, very quickly. Yeah. Um, you two are my friends. Please don't ever put me on display. Don't ever put me <laughs> no, on display. No problem. <laughs> Please don't ever do that to me. Let's just make that clear right now. But anyway, Collins um, was a, a, he had ties to the cave, and apparently in the afterlife, he is still appearing at the caves. Okay. Well, and he's buried in the Mammoth Cave Baptist Church Cemetery. He is. And so one of the things that is reported is in that church, which is, I guess, no longer a functioning church, Mm -hmm. but people are seeing light in the windows. Yeah. um, That they say is probably him. Well, we have Hanyon. Okay, can you tell me, Han- did, do we have Hanyon's first name? Charles. Charles, Charles Hanyon. Hanyon. He is a lifetime worker at Mammoth Caves. Mm-hmm. Um, has been there for decades. Park ranger. Yeah, park ranger. He knows all about Collins and, you know, is an expert. He actually wrote a book. And can you tell me the name of the book? Scary Stories of Mammoth Caves. Scary Stories of Mammoth Caves, which I now need to read. It's on yes. my list. Added to my list. Mm-hmm. So he wrote a book, or co-authored, I should say. He co-authored with someone else. 
Well, when I read that at first, I was like, he co-authored it with the ghost? <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Collins that's, gave him the That's the, pretty the wild there. I, that's, and that's incredible. We'll get the name of the other author and put that out for you. But yes, <laughs> uh, even put a link out for you of where you can find this book. But yes, um, he co-authored and he talks about Collins. And one of the things that he talks about is people will take pictures and see an apparition that mm-hmm. kind of resembles Collins. And he says that the cave guides will call out to Collins and say, come with me when they get to areas of the cave mm-hmm. that he is familiar, that he used to inhabit. Yeah. <clears throat> and be like, hey, come with me so that he'll kind of go along with them, mm-hmm. just, to, just as a kind of tongue-in-cheek kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sometimes when they do it, though, weird things happen. Like one time, I guess he was um, on a tour and he heard something and thought it was his partner... But when he turned around, his partner was way over where mm-hmm. he wouldn't have been able to hear him. And, and somebody said something right in his ear. And it was no way it could have been his partner. Right. Um, just different things like that. Um, someone took a picture of like an old, it was an apparition and wearing an old hat. And it was the kind of hat that Collins would have been wearing mm-hmm. back in that time. So just weird things like that is you know, experiences you can read about in this book. So I definitely have added that to the top of my to-read list. Yeah. Definitely want to check that out. Well, I was curious about what the time period was there. Um, Mr. Collins had been born in 1887, and he died in 1925. Okay. So that's, you know, that's been almost 100 years ago since he passed. And so I think it's interesting that people today are still with their cell phones catching, you know, little glimpses there in the background. So... Do I think Mr. Collins could still be around? I don't know. I mean, Mr. Collins seemed to really love that place. That is true. Do if, I feel if there was going to be an attachment of the spirit that that would that would be a, a good example? I feel like that would be the place mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, apparently in the afterlife, you would go somewhere that you love. I mean, someplace that is, and and I and I hear these theories that people just carry on about their business, mm-hmm. doing what they're used to doing when they're alive, mm-hmm. and maybe that's the situation here. I don't know. So what you're saying is that when I die, I'm either going to haunt the gym or the library. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So I'm either going to be in my recliner crocheting or I'm going to be in the library as well. Maybe we'll see each other. Hey, maybe. <laughs> I, I do want to draw everyone's attention. Uh, the rock band Blackstone Cherry that's from Kentucky on their second album called Folklore and Superstition, the closing track is called Ghost of Floyd Collins. Interesting. Okay. And I believe it has audio of Floyd Collins from when he was trapped in the cave. Oh. Because they were able to get like a microphone to him or something. Interesting. Yeah, that is crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think there's out. some audio from him if I'll you want to check that out. definitely check that out. We will definitely check that out. Absolutely. <clears throat> okay. And now we get to the story of Melissa. Which is such a great story. It is a great story. And I feel like it's similar to a lot of stories that you hear. Um, So Melissa, she is, you know, unrequited love, pining away after someone who does not return her affections. I think we can all, you know, relate to that at some point or another in our life. But she decides, well, if I can't have him, no one can. And she gets her revenge. And takes him off into the caves, gets him lost, leaves him there to die. The problem is, it's just a story. It is just a story. Um, and so that came out in a New York newspaper in 1858, which was interesting. Because, like, I don't know about the time period, but, like, people in New York talking about Mammoth Cave in 1858 was, I mean, like, I just, it's, I'm, I'm curious how news traveled and how, like, right. people thought about things back then. That's interesting. Um, 
So that, I mean, it could have very well been written by somebody who lived here and, you know, shared it there and got it published. But I had questions about that story because I'm thinking, you know, if Melissa takes her, her would-be lover into the caves and leaves him there to die, I find it interesting in the story that her ghost is the one that's haunting the caves and not his. Oh, yes. Yeah, that is interesting. Well, and it did say she felt bad and she was looking for him. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. That is an interesting thought. And it did say Mammoth Caves was, or is, the biggest cave system in the world. So maybe, Mm -hmm. and I don't know how hard it would have been to travel from New York to Kentucky at this time. Mm -hmm. But maybe some people were visiting and then took that back took and wrote that about story it. back. Yeah, that's know. very possible. I don't know. Very possible. I don't. I don't know how big of a tourist attraction it was for people right. to come and see. I don't. I. I don't know. But like yeah. I said, there's a lot of things about this place that I didn't know until we started this research. Well, speaking of, I want to know more about this monster in the Green River. <laughs> I know. There's so much going on. Okay, so let's get away from the ghosts and let's get to the monsters. Okay, we're just going to kind of gloss over Bigfoot. Everyone has Bigfoot. Mm. Bigfoot's everywhere. So. People have said they've seen Bigfoot. Um, Campers have talked about Bigfoot um, destroying their campsites. And, okay, I feel like Bigfoot, we have Bigfoot everywhere. There's a a lot of lore, Kentucky Uh, lore about Bigfoot. The the campsite, they just... They just improperly put up their tents and flies and everything. <laughs> they're blaming it on Bigfoot. That's what happened there. And we're going to have an upcoming um, podcast on Bigfoot going in-depth. And yeah. that'll probably be more, a more than one part podcast. Definitely. So so we're going we're gonna to put him on hold. And we're going to talk about this lake monster. Mm-hmm. So they said the lake monster was around 300 pounds. I believe 12 feet in length. Yeah. Okay, sounds like an over-exaggeration to me. Mm-hmm. And maybe, okay, look, caves are scary. Well, and okay, so so does Green River run through the caves? Is that the... That's the <clears throat> inclination I was getting. Mm-hmm. Again, I've never been there. Right. But from the description, that's what I was getting, is that it was... So like an underground river. Kind of, yes. Okay. That's that's how I was picturing it. Now, if I'm wrong again, listeners, please correct me because, you know, I, I truly don't know. But that's what I was getting from the mm-hmm. reading. Okay. Again, haven't been there, so can't say for sure. So, caves are scary. I'm right. not going to lie. When I'm going through Carter Caves, where you know, around right. where we live, um, there are places that I wouldn't go mm-hmm. like you see the dark areas where there's bats hanging and i'm like I'm good right yeah. here I'm, no thanks i want to stay right here when they turn the lights off um so to show you how dark it gets in a cave that's all i want there is no dark like cave dark. <laughs> like it is, boy talk about being bereft of light it is it is dark so you're in a scary place and your your mind's already playing tricks on you and your imagination's getting into overdrive mm-hmm. so I wonder how much of that is an over-exaggeration. Now, apparently, people are catching big catfish in this river. Okay. And I think I want to say... Catfish can get really big. Yeah, in the late 1950s, I want to say they caught a rather large catfish. But I want to say it was in, like, the 90-pound range. Mm -hmm. It was not in the 300-pound range, and it was not 12 feet long. Right. But it was a big catfish. Mm-hmm. Now, when they described the river monster, they said it had fish-like eyes. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of the thing that drew my attention. Are they seeing a really big catfish? And thinking it's something. And thinking it's something else. That's possible. So if you're in a cave, you're already scared, your mind's playing tricks on you, 
And the lighting is minimal. The lighting is not great. If you see this giant catfish, are you going to think river monster mm -hmm. and maybe embellish a little bit? That's very possible. I'm going to say probably. Mm -hmm. And that's going to make me feel better than thinking there's actually a monster. <laughs> Could there be a river monster? I don't know. There's so many things out Listen, there. Listen, the scariest thing in the world to me is like knowing how many things there are in the ocean that we've never ever exactly. like known about like and, and don't know about don't know exist don't know what are especially the depths and so like when i think about underground rivers mm. even I, i'm getting some of that similar vibe there there are so many parts of the oceans we have not explored and cannot explore that we don't know what's down there mm -hmm. and i feel like it's kind of like with rivers mm -hmm. we don't know what's in there mm -hmm. could there be i'm not saying there can't be I don't want there to be, but I'm also <laughs> saying that sometimes your mind plays tricks on you and a catfish becomes a river monster. Yeah. A very big catfish becomes a river monster. That's very possible. It's possible. Okay. But here's what I know for sure. I need to get to Mammoth Caves. Yes. And I would like to go check it out. I am now kicking myself for not going when I had the chance to go. Mm -hmm. that, that is one big Kentucky thing I still haven't gotten to do yet. So our list road trip. Yeah. Our bucket list is growing and growing. Mm -hmm. But if you've had the opportunity to go and you took advantage of it and you've gone to Mammoth Caves and can tell us some things or experiences that you've had, we would love to hear about it. You can contact us on Facebook and Instagram at Haunted Haulers. You can also send us an email at hauntedhaulers at gmail.com. And we also have a webpage, www.hauntedhaulers.com. Until next time, listeners, beware of things lurking in the shadows.